I'm just going to talk to you about colour, really, and why colour's uh, so important to astronomers, uh, so important that astronomers these days don't even bother looking through telescopes, which is, it can be really disappointing to learn that, you know, that there's all these great telescopes being built and, uh, and, you know, they don't even bother looking through them. So what do they do? Um, I'm going to answer that question and just tell you how important this, this uh, thing called spectroscopy is in the modern day uh, professional astronomy world. So when you think of a telescope, different people think of different things. Perhaps you think of, on the top left there, maybe you think of a historical telescope, uh, that's Herschel's giant, I think 40-foot telescope or something, um, and indeed uh, Herschel could look through that, um, it, it, regardless of its size, he looked through and he observed with his eyes, that's great. Perhaps you think of a, a telescope like this, this is very similar to what our uh, friends at the um, astronomical societies who have joined us today, uh, they've brought along things like this, and you can look through these amateur telescopes like this, and, and that's great, you can take photos through them too. Um, but perhaps you're confused, I don't know, about things like the Hubble Space Telescope. Uh, that's still a telescope, but you perhaps can't look through that one. Um, uh, how, how does that work? And when the EELT's built, uh, it's just so big, um, our astronomers really going to sort of stand there and look through it. So uh, this is all links as well. I want to explain to you how this uh, colour of light um, is so important that it can explain things like this. Astronomers make all kinds of grand claims, right? You'll hear, that you'll hear about discoveries, they'll say things like, oh, there's a star over there, uh, the star's made of hydrogen, helium, there's got something in it, something like iron, for example, and you might think, okay, great. Um, or there's a galaxy over there and it's, however, far away. Uh, and you'd be forgiven for thinking, how do you know this? And how does it tie into those random pictures of different types of telescopes that we, that we just saw. Um, so if you've ever wondered how it, how it all fits together, I thought I'd explain. This might be familiar to you, uh, especially for a Pink Floyd fan. Um, this, this is uh, the, the spectrum of white light. So there's a prism in the middle, which is a way of dispersing light. If you took pure white light, dispersed it into all the colors of the rainbow, and this is what a rainbow is, essentially. Uh, you took a slice there, this is what you'd get. This is every color in our visible range, right from the blue to the red. Uh, all very well. If you had pure white light, this is what you would see through the prism. What about if you took uh, red light, so like a red LED or, or, or something, some red light on some appliance at home, and you, you dispersed that? Well, you'd only get the red end. You get some splodge at the end, you take a slice through that. So all you have here is just some red light. There's nothing else. This is all black, this is all dark. Doesn't look much different either side of the prism because you have that single colour. Uh, what about green light? Well, the green section lights up in the middle there, and so you've got this band of green in the middle, you don't have any other colours, fine. What if you took uh, a red light and a green light and you mixed them together and shone them both into a, in, into a prism and dispersed that? Well, this is where the funny nature of, uh, of light secrets comes into it, because that might actually look to your eye like, like yellow light. Uh, but if you were to disperse it, you end up with just purely the mixture of, of the, the two independent colours. You've got the red and the green, not necessarily any yellow, even though it might look yellow to you. So something crazy is happening here. Physics, you know, in all of its wonder, has is, is, is got secrets which we can decode. Um, and astronomers have known for a long time that by splitting up the light from stars, you can find out uh, lots about them and their nature. Um, so let's, let's crank it up a notch. Let's say you took some hydrogen, 
um, which is the most abundant element in the universe, and you heated it up and you made it glow, and then you dispersed that, what do you get? Well, you get a spectrum not too dissimilar to our red and green light or whatever, but you'll notice you've got really specific colours here. You've got some red light coming from it, you've got some sort of, I don't know, light blue or something, uh, very specific colours. Uh, but nevertheless, hydrogen, when it glows, glows red, blue. There's also another line there which you can't see. Um, if you did it with helium, you'd get something like this. Uh, glowing helium, it would appear, looks sort of yellow with a bit of green, blah, blah, blah. Um, and if you were to get hydrogen and helium mixed together and heat them up, you get, just like with the, with the, with the lights I told you about, you get a mixture of the two. So not rocket science really, but incredibly useful because it doesn't just stop with hydrogen and helium. It turns out that every chemical element uh, of which we know, I think 118 at the moment, here are some important ones as far as astronomers are concerned, everyone has got a unique set of colours which it gives off when it's excitable or, or you know, hot if you like. So you've got you know, hydrogen and helium, we've just seen, oxygen, carbon, neon, neon ions, loads, loads in iron. Uh, sodium here, that's an interesting one. The old style street lights which are yellow, are yellow because you can see this colour here, specifically this colour. So using this, <coughs> this and, uh, and the fact that you can mix these together and they'll superimpose on top of each other, astronomers can find out an awful lot about anything giving off light, for example. So let's take our telescope and let's point it at a star. Let's pick a star. Um, what we don't do is put a ruddy great prism on the front of, <laughs> of the telescope. Um, it's a bit more sophisticated than that. That's actually what I work on here uh, in this department is I, I work on spectrographs as instruments to go on the back of big telescopes like this. Uh, but they do exactly the same thing. They're splitting the light up into its individual colours. And a star might look like this. This is a real spectrum of a star. Um, and so using this, you can imagine, not with your eyes, but maybe with a computer, you can work out all of the different elements from the previous page that I just showed you and in what ratio they exist, because it's just patterns, it's just matching patterns up. And that's all astronomers do, they just look at colours and lines and match them, well, kind of. Um, not quite, but uh, what about galaxies? So what about if we point our telescope at a galaxy, let's look at this one, and we collect the light from that and we disperse that, what colour is that light there? Again, this is, this is a real spectrum of a real galaxy. And we've got some, we've got some prominent sort of yellowy green one there, a couple of green ones. There's one here that hasn't come out very well, but there's, there's a red line there. And that's actually the hydrogen line, which you already saw earlier. That's that red line in hydrogen. But there's something funny here, because if you look at, at the hydrogen spectrum, there it is, but they're not lined up. And why is that? Well, the reason is something happening here called a redshift. So, Redshift, you, you may have heard this term, you should I imagine heard this term if you're into astronomy or whatever. Astronomers will talk to you about redshift, it's a high redshift galaxy, which means it's further away. What does that mean? Well, when this light left the galaxy, it's traveled towards us because it's moving far away, because it's, sorry, because it's moving far away, moving fast. Um, its color is actually gonna change. And this is because of the Doppler effect, which is exactly what you hear um, uh, with your ears when, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's that car horn effect, it's that, um, uh, the police car or the, or the ambulance which comes past you and as it whizzes past you it changes pitch. So it's going like this and the faster it goes the bigger that pitch changes and it's exactly the same. Sound is a wave, light is a wave and so when something's receding fast you get a change of colour instead of a change in pitch but physically it's the same phenomenon. And so you can imagine if the speed something's moving away is proportional to the shift all you have to do is measure the shift. And this is a red shift because 
our pure hydrogen spectrum in this case. There's lots of other things there, all the other lines too, but this one has shifted red. And so grand claim number two was there's a galaxy, it's so, however many, what was it, a billion light years away? This is probably about a billion light years away, I think. Um, you simply look at that shift, plug it into a formula, and you get distance. And this is all because we know that the universe started as a big bang, everything was in one place, fast exploded, and is slowing down. But the light we're seeing from things far away is old light. This is, this is reaching us now from that time when things really were moving much faster. So not only is this shift of color related to the speed of something moving, but it's also, by extension, uh, related to how far away it is. And so all astronomers have to do, again, not that difficult, you just look at the shift of these lines. You look, you look at a line, you say, I know what that line is, but it's not there, it's there. That's how far away that object is. And so there's our two grand claims. I only picked two, but spectroscopy is so important that I think it's fair to say almost every astronomical discovery will rely on some way in this technique. And this is why, unfortunately, you can't go up to the EELT when it's built and just peer through it. You know, I'd love to. I'm sure you can see some amazing things. But, um, and of course, you can still take photographs, things like that. But in terms of scientific merit, there are other things people do. You know, you can do photometry and, and things like that. Um, finding exoplanets doesn't always use spectroscopy, but it can. And it's very good for, uh, for finding particular types of planets uh, in a particular configuration. Um, but this is so important that if you ask any astronomer about spectroscopy, I'm sure they'll be able to tell you how they use it pretty often. And some of them just kind of go, oh, God. But um, this is why I called the talk Spectromania, because it can really result in, this is an astronomer with spectromania. Um, so, yeah. uh, so that's spectroscopy. And hopefully I've explained to you why it might not be worth an astronomer's while peering through a telescope anymore, even though that's a, a sad fact of modern day astronomy. Perhaps you realize now that it's, it's worth it. <laughs> Thanks.